Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Hello and welcome. I, that's the last of the Borat impression I'm going to do. Hello and welcome to another lockdown edition of Hot Takes. I'm Elijah Mester. With me as always is Brother Bishki. I'm going to do much more Borat impression. <laughs> wow, 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 wee, wow. <laughs> good, good. Brother Lucas is here. Yeah, my wife. <laughs> and we have two very, very special guests, Brother Justin. I get a pass because I'm literally with my wife and his <laughs> wife, Sister Brandy. I'm here to be brought to American rich man. His wife. <laughs> <laughs> the movie, if you haven't guessed it already, is Borat's subsequent movie film, Delivery of Prodigious Bribe to American Regime for Make Benefit, Once Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan, or simply Borat 2. The first Borat film came out 14 years ago, and it was a cultural phenomenon. So we would be remiss not to dig into our history with Borat. Starting with Lucas. Now, you somehow missed the pop cultural Mack truck that was Borat. How did you miss it? How How did you? How? Explain yourself. I think my excuse is it was 2006, and I had just... Finally, after many years, graduated college or film school, rather, and (laughs) and was thrust into the workforce. Uh, So my first year on the job, I was like, you know, in a suit and tie, like literally, like imagine me going to an office (laughs) with like a tie on. Imagine that. That was me in 2006. So it just somehow, yeah, I somehow missed it. I I didn't see it when it came out in a theater the way God intended. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, catching up to it 14 years later, I watched it for the first time this last week in preparation. What was that like? What was that like? (sighs) It was was, uh, surreal just because I kept thinking, like, this doesn't feel like 06. It feels like 96. Right. Like, it felt so dated, and I felt so old and so dead inside. (laughs) And I watched it alone, which didn't help. Oh, no. And I only only laughed a couple times. But the fact that, like... Pamela Anderson was like the climax. I was like, what year is this supposed to take place in? <laughs> it was a while ago. So you were not you were not impressed in 2020 with oh, the, the gypsy wares that Borat oh, had offered. Like I feel so bad because it's like the exact opposite way Sasha Baron Cohen intended for me to watch the first film. Like absolutely just, just, alone oh. in 2020. <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic, like Halloween's canceled, you know? <laughs> well, what about everybody else? Uh, Justin and Brandy, what, what are your memories of, of that heady time of 2006? Man, that was a while ago. It's, it's hard to remember, but I do know that like, not even the impression and the character and all the catchphrases, but just the phrase, my wife. Yeah got so big and so embraced by the least funny like among <laughs> us that it is one of those rare things that came back around it was it, did. it became so unfunny that it was funny again like austin powers yeah. almost yeah. did yeah and i i obviously credit <laughs> scott ackerman with that term yes yes scott ackerman kept the torch light aflame and uh, we love him for that Brandy, what about you? I mean, I, I I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a cultural phenomenon. Everybody it was. 
every it was just soaked into the culture like a wet sponge. Every single person it's true. was making the joke, and then they had the the banana hammocks on the beach yep. that went up to your shoulders, and yep. it was just everywhere. And and I loved it. <laughs> like, yeah, bring it. It was so funny. It was so much fun. Fond memories, one hundred percent. Well, and I I wonder how many people Googled Kazakhstan and sure. were aghast at how fake. huge it is. Absolutely. It's and that massive, it was real. Yeah, it's a massive yeah. swath of land. Brother Bishki, what, what's your history? I, I assume you love this kind of shit. Oh, I'm a big fan. I like. <laughs> I, uh, saw, yeah, I was a big fan of Ali G show when I went the sketches. And, and yeah. I went to Borat with my brother who had to see it. My brother doesn't see hardly any movies in theaters. Wow. And he was like, we got to see this. He and we saw Borat one. like opening night and loved it. And I still quote Borat to this day. Like I will, I will do, there's certain sketches where I will just sure. like, there's this one where he's like going through cheese and he's like, what is this? What is this? I do that all the time. Like I just, I still quote Borat. I love him. And I'm so glad to see him again in Borat too. I was just overjoyed. He's back y'all. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really Sasha Baron Cohen's only move at this point because he followed Borat up with Bruno, which the only thing I remember about that is Justin and I split a brownie and lost our edible minds in the theater on that one. <laughs> I was so wondering that, if you were going to bring that up. That was, <laughs> Did I out you? <laughs> that was the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my entire life. We were on another planet. Oh, my God. So that's probably worth another look. Oh, my God. The scene where they're in the cage fight and they start kissing and all the rednecks are angry with them. I was so afraid. That (laughs) that scared me more than any horror movie because I was just... You wanted to go in there and help them out? It's like when my mom saw Jaws in the theater and instinctively started taking her shoes off to go into the water to help (laughs) look for for the kid that got eaten. Yeah, it, it was it was out of control. And then and then what did he do? He did the dictator and he did Grimsby, which we also saw, which is out of control. But it I've didn't really seen none of these, by the way. I, I know Bruno, <laughs> but the other ones I've never heard of. Nothing resonated as much as Borat. So here we are. He obviously hates Donald Trump. At the end of Grimsby, he basically kills Donald Trump. So he he has a bone to pick with him. This is the perfect way to pick that bone. And he goes after it. So in the early going, I was worried. I just rewatched the first one, too. And so you get that hit of like, holy shit, this man is older. And I was worried that it was going to be kind of like a Rodney Dangerfield thing where you see Rodney Dangerfield in a movie and his jokes are tired, but you still root for him because he's Rodney, you know? Mm-hmm. But I thought the movie really started firing on all pistons with the introduction of Borat's daughter. <laughs> his his non-male son. What do you guys think about <laughs> this daughter, this daughter character? She's a Bulgarian actress. Maria Bakalova. What did you guys think about this uh, plot point? I was initially pretty skeptical because usually that means bad things for a movie or a sitcom where they're like, oh, now he's got a daughter. It's like, a new that, sidekick. Does that, it's Oliver. definitely yeah. sequelitis, yeah. Does that yeah. ever work? But I thought she was pretty fantastic. Yeah, she could do the deadpan as good as Borat. Like, mm-hmm. and we'll get to the climax eventually, but 
but she <laughs> could hold a straight face through just about anything. And, and, and I see some of the detractors online saying, oh, woke culture came for Borat. Now it's all about, you know, women empowerment and whatnot. Well, yeah. Like, where else are you going to go with this misogynistic, racist, xenophobic character? Like, you got to expand his mind if he's if, if you're going to want to, like, hit some hard truths in 2020. So why not see the world of gender inequity through this feral daughter character? Like, I thought it was brilliant. I'm, I'm wondering, Brandy, what did you think about the, as as a female, like like, did you feel did you feel pandered to, or were you more as the wife? I know, as were, a non son. <laughs> yeah, as a non son, what did you what did you think about that? Um, I thought it was handled really well because I thought they were going to feed her jokes, and I thought they were going to try to force her to force her funny, you know? Yeah, and her funny was pretty pretty easy and. You know, it went down real easy on the palette because it's the same kind of comedy. You know, that it's not like they didn't try to gussy it up or anything like that. She had the same gritty, shocking, very uncomfortable moments that yeah. he does. And it's, I couldn't, like, it made me cringe harder <laughs> because yes, you absolutely. see a female doing this and you're like, oh, man, like, Borat doing that is one thing. And then you've got her doing it. And it's just like, I don't know, as a as a non-son, it made me cringe harder, which is, you know, which that's is the, the point. joy of this. Yeah, it's just yeah. so good. And the way they point stuff out from her point of view is it was really fun. <laughs> so yeah. I liked I liked it. <laughs> a lesser comedian just would have had like a seven-year-old boy dressed mm -hmm. in the same suit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with like a fake yep. mustache. Yep. That's true. That's very yep. true. And we got a makeover scene. We got a makeover scene at Fantastic Sam's, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> we have we have the daughter. Uh, her name is Tutor. We have her watching this. You know, throughout she's watching this Disney style oh, cartoon. God. Where Melania marry, <laughs> marries Trump, and it's like <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. It's fucking hilarious. Like the animation is great, but I thought the first scene that really, really, really clicked on a Borat level for me was when he <laughs> he allows her to have a cupcake. She chooses <laughs> she oh. chooses the cupcake with the with a little plastic baby on it. They go out behind a dumpster, and she just basically attacks this cupcake and swallows the baby. So then, of course, they go to an abortion clinic and are, are met with- An emergency with, female's it, health clinic. An emergency <laughs> female's health clinic. And are met with, uh, who is it, like a pastor, a pastor or something? Whoever, whoever they make you talk to in, in Texas to yeah, you know make choices a, about your own body. It's a crisis pregnancy center, which are <laughs> fake Planned Parenthood. Oh my God, mm -hmm. so evil. But- Th this is a scene that I call a satirical symphony when like all of these darkly comedic instruments come together in perfect harmony because obviously the pastor thinks that they're talking about having an abortion. <laughs> Borat's just talking about a literal baby is in her belly. And it's just, it, it, it just is perfect. It clicks and you feel it. You feel the whole thesis statement clicking into place. The yeah. Something like that. Flawless. And there are so many ways in which this, as like a thesis, could be handled 
incorrectly. Oh, but yeah. it's done pitch perfectly. Like he waits for the right time to say he was the <laughs> one that put it there. And, you know, the, just all of it is just so expertly handled. And he gets the pastor to say, none of that matters. None of it matters. None of that, none of the incest, none of the abuse matters. <laughs> what matters now is that you choose life. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So, uh, Lucas, you're being very quiet. You're being v- Are you going to cross your arms on this one or what? What, what <laughs> no, are you doing? No, no, I mean, uh, it is what it is, you know? Uh, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm digging everything you're saying. It's all very accurate. Were you laughing? Were you having a good time, though, while you watched I, it? I, my first laugh came later with the, the QAnon, like, uh, rednecks <laughs> that he's, like... Oh, so, sure. like, an hour into the movie? Yeah. Yeah. First laugh? I, didn't, I didn't crack until he was, like, at the carnival, like, singing the Wuhan virus song. Then I started, like, <laughs> l- like laughing. But up until then, it all kind of felt pretty standard, you know? Like, uh, pretty basic stuff. You didn't crack during the moon blood dance? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, 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 cracked, I cracked when he was like, how much for my daughter? And this like creepy old like Jeff uh, Sessions is like, 500. 500 dollars. Like, yeah, I was like, ha! Like I, I let out a, a, like, a, like a ha. At and that. then his daughter uh, got super mad at him. I yeah, love like that. that real, was great. real rage, real southern great. rage. That was great. Yeah, they do a fertility dance, and the daughter is all too happy to show off her menstrual. Uh, oh man, her menstrual blood-soaked oh. uh, sanitary pad, <laughs> and there, there's just it's just setup after setup. And yeah, you're right, Justin. Like there's there's probably a trillion ways this could have gone wrong or at at the very least it could have just been very laid bare as like plot mechanics like oh we need to get we need to get from here to here like like when he gets a job as a barber to make 72 (laughs) dollars to pay for the rest of his daughter's breast implants that he hopes will attract rudy giuliani (laughs) there you know you can tell that it's it's on a plot track but it ties up loose ends way more than these movies usually do, which I thought was impressive. Like the first Borat, like some of the problems I had with it were the dramatizations, because you want the sketches. You want Borat going yes. after the unassuming. Real people. Real people. Like that's what you live for in these movies. So this one, I thought they had a good, like m- pretty minimal dramatizations tying things yes. together and maximum, um, you know, sketches with real. Republicans and and just, <laughs> yeah, going for it. And we'll get to in the bones, but I was pretty impressed. And even when people express kind of opinions that I don't agree with or that are just straight up ignorant, in the back of my mind, I always feel bad for the people in the movie that are, aren't in on the joke. Sure. Because your instinct is to play along. And I feel like you forget that as a viewer. Everyone, you're just like, oh, they're so dumb. But it's like, (laughs) no, you're on camera and you're trying to keep the ball rolling. Like Like a cake maker that writes, Jews will not replace us on a cake for for him. That's the lady that (laughs) should have realized that was a bad idea. But, you know, like even we'll, we'll get there, but even like. People forget that Rudy Giuliani was like <laughs> down to clown comedically. Like, yeah. there's oh, yeah. footage of him like in drag, and like yeah. he he wants to be funny. I, that's obviously isn't what happened here, but he is a literal clown. Yeah, like people want to keep the joke going. Like it always reminds me of the 
the Jimmy Kimmel bits where they go to Coachella and ask hipsters about bands. And sure. he just makes up loot like crazy names. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, they're pretty great. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. That's they, a good point. They don't want to be assholes and be like, I've never heard of them. There's a couple big set pieces. Borat goes to CPAC dressed as, dressed <laughs> as Donald Trump. And the, the, I'm sure everybody who's hearing this has already seen this movie. But the general, the very general plot is that he's trying to bribe people as high up as he can in American politics by gifting his daughter to them. So well, he, but first he, it was supposed to be a monkey. First it was supposed to be yeah, a first sexy it was supposed monkey. To be, first it was supposed to be a monkey. Movie then the, his, monkey. Da- his daughter ate the monkey in the shipping crate. And so then his <laughs> goal is to, his, his goal is to give her to Mikhail Pence. Pence ain't having it. He can't get super near Pence, but we get a nice little clip of Pence saying that there are 15 cases of COVID in the U.S. and we are ready for anything. Totally <laughs> under control. <laughs> so then it shifts. Borat's like, okay, who am I going to give my daughter to? He goes through a, just a big list of Trump cabinet people. They're all in prison or arrested and they finally get to Giuliani. So the back half of the movie is like him grooming her to get ready for Giuliani. And all the while, she's kind of coming online as far as all the lies that she's been told, trying to keep her from thinking for herself. And I thought some of the scenes with the babysitter that Borat sets up with her, just phenomenal. She's my favorite. Yeah, it was it was very telling that all the uh, like minorities or people of color in the film were like the real like empaths, like compassionate compassionate humans that were good people, like that are just trying to like help others as opposed to like all the white, you know, (laughs) the white devils. Yeah. It was was just (laughs) astonishing. Another satirical symphony moment is, you know, we all know that Borat loves the Holocaust. He hates Jews. (laughs) And as his daughter is flooding her mind with new ideas, she's like, she tells him, I went on this thing called Facebook and I learned on Facebook so many facts. I learned that the Holocaust never happened. And the brilliant satirical moment is Borat is mortified, <laughs> not because his daughter is getting misinformation, but because he loves the Holocaust so much he cannot imagine a reality in which it did not happen. And he is so depressed. Like, that's a joke that has been 14 years in the making. And I, I love I love that it hits so hard there. And then he go, he goes into the synagogue and it's like, <laughs> nice weather we're controlling. <laughs> Such a simple joke, but it hits oh, so hard. There's so much going on in this. And then he finally does, COVID hits. He doesn't know about COVID, obviously. And so he decides to quarantine with these two QAnon good old boys. Oh. <laughs> IMDB said he, he was with them five days without breaking character, which I do believe. Oh, yeah, my God. I can tell then, it was days. <laughs> they got closer. That is incredible. And these guys, you know, they have all the stuff down. They're like, you know, Hillary Clinton drinks the blood of children with a totally straight face. They're totally yeah. in. They're taking notes on post-it notes. Like, that's tomorrow, man. We gotta we gotta go. We gotta be oh. there. I did yeah. I did love how invested those guys got. Like it helped yeah. sell it so much when he he was playing as that the the country singer character. Yeah. And they were like, we gotta 
tell his daughter like they're gonna kill him they're gonna <laughs> there's take such there's such an earnestness to these guys it's it's amazing and that's the scene that kind of tipped people off that that he was even making a new Borat movie is because he sings this song that they wrote together yeah. <laughs> at this at this like pro-Trump anti-mask rally and his chorus is for the song that he gets people to sing along with just keep getting more and more insane. <laughs> the first one is he's talking about Obama. It's like inject him with the Wuhan flu and people love that. And he's like, journalists, what we going to do? Chop them up like the Saudis do. They love that shit. Scientists, what we going to do? Gas them up like the Germans do. And people just, people just love it. They're gleeful. They're gleeful. <laughs> 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 oh my god it's just such a dark mirror being held up to everything that's going on right now well and i don't i mean he had that show which was pretty goddamn hilarious i just assumed when anything leaked it was just another season of his sure. show sure but yeah i it is kind of astounding how many people will go along with it even when he's clearly in makeup right yeah like i i know i'm the one who said like people want to play ball and everything but I mean, sometimes, <laughs> Jesus. Like, yeah, exactly. So then we get to what everybody on Earth has been waiting for. The meetup with Rudolph Giuliani, America's mayor. America's the mayor. salad dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the motherfucking salad dragon. Pasta salad. <laughs> so uh, Borat discovers that he loves his daughter and finally doesn't want her to go through with it after all. And so she's about to interview Rudy. She says that she's working for some like America Patriot News or something, something that is like catnip for him that obviously he'll give an interview to whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. The interview's being done in a hotel room. All the while we're cross-cutting with Borat, putting on another disguise, trying to get there. I'll tell you, this sequence was more exciting than any of the last 10 action movies I've seen and <laughs> scarier than like the last 10 horror movies I've seen. Like I was literally afraid for this woman because you just see Rudy with his Cheshire grin. Ooh. Ooh, Ooh. that one face that he gives is so, so dirty. Like he just, <laughs> there's a certain, that's that'll be etched in my mind forever. Like, oh, he's just licking his chops, and she knows ex- leering, lascivious. She knows exactly how to play it too. Oh, yeah. She touches his she's knee. She's touching and, his knee. Oh God! And they're talking about the coronavirus, and she's like, "They say it comes from eating bats." And he's like, "No, uh, they they manufactured it." And she's like, "I would not eat a bat unless I." is eating a bat with you. And then she touches his like, <laughs> like the funniest flirt flirtations. And with Rudy, he's, he's such a dirty old man. He just rolls with it. He just fucking rolls with it. <laughs> he's, he's just eating up the tone. He's yes. not listening to what she's saying. Mm-hmm. He's just like, yes. Oh, cute blonde flirting with yep. me. Yes, yes, yes. The newly divorced Giuliani is interested. Oh my God. He's so interested. Ugh. And then Borat comes on the scene dressed as a boom mic operator. <laughs> Gets in a little dig about Rudy marrying his cousin, which Rudy doesn't yeah, react to. Not at all. <laughs> I was that was almost the most shocking part of the movie is that he even tipped his hand like that. Like that was brazen. 
That's what makes me think they ADR'd that and he said something else, you know, because like I was wondering that, too, because that was like that gives away the joke. I mean, yeah. Giuliani did kind of look at it, though. He did have a little second glance. There's a lot of discussion and disagreement online about what Rudy's doing in this scene. They go into the bedroom Yeah, they together. went into a bedroom. He asks her for her phone number and her and address. address. And address. Which also could, that could have been devil's advocate. That could have been audio from earlier because we don't see him, his mouth say it in the room. But eh, there's a lot of smoke and there's a little bit of fire in his pants that he pats down when he puts his hand down his pants. So well, he, yeah, he tapped her on the back a little bit and like then they go into the bedroom. I'm like, why are they even going in there? He lays down. He lays back on the bed and puts his hand over his dick. So for a while. <laughs> so what are we to, what are we to make of that? Come on now. I I wish that I hadn't heard about that scene mm-hmm. in advance. Sure. Because oh, I I yeah. heard about the scene, I heard people overreacting to it, and then I heard his response before I saw it, so it tainted my Same. view of it. It did I mean, honestly it did seem to me like he was tucking his pants in, but it, the the scene kind of gets cut off before he can do anything really incriminating. Right. So who the hell knows? Which I think makes it better. I saw an interview with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen and the actress, and, you know, he's like, I needed to protect her because I did fear for her safety. And then they asked her if she feared for her own safety. And she said, no, I was not in fear because Sasha is my producer and I trust him. Which implies that she was definitely afraid of Rudy, but (laughs) she felt safe because she knew Sasha was there. So, yeah, I I felt like if, if, if Sasha Baron Cohen didn't come in when he did, Rudy might've taken his, his junk out. I think so. I think he was prepping it for takeoff. You know, he was was, prepping it. He was making sure it wasn't leaking or whatever. He was, he was doing like a dry, a dry pat check or whatever. A dust off and a fluff up. (laughs) Yeah. So father and daughter are together. And in the end, it turns out that Borat is patient zero for COVID. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Borat's government used it to get revenge on the world for laughing at Kazakhstan after the first Borat movie. (laughs) And they show Borat giving it to Tom Hanks, which is is great. Tom Hanks knows what's up. They use this information to make some changes in their country. And now their traditional running of the Jew event is now the running of the American with two giant paper mache right wing caricatures killing a giant paper mache Dr. Fauci with an assault <laughs> rifle purchased at a Walmart. That's <laughs> what kind of movie we're dealing with. That's this movie. And then it yeah. ends with now vote or you will be execute. <laughs> so, wow. It's a Molotov cocktail for a week out from the election, which is definitely needed. Okay, I have a question, though. Do you guys think they planned the whole um, pandemic storyline? They couldn't have, right? They definitely pivoted, like, halfway through, because the first half has nothing to do with COVID. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. It felt like a real movie. It felt like a full meal, you know? Almost documentary-esque. Yeah. So (laughs) if they pivoted, which they had to have, then kudos to the pivot. High quality pivot, folks. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, you probably also have to shoot so much more than you use and just kind of cobble oh, yeah. something together. Apparently, he met with Donald Trump Jr., and that didn't even make it into the movie. So who knows? <laughs> who knows what they snorted? Uh, <laughs> you know, it told us to vote or we will be executed. So let's vote with our Borat bones. <laughs> Brother Bishki, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for these bones. What do you got? It didn't take me any time to get into this movie. As soon as Borat <laughs> hit the screen, I was laughing. Um, and I was, you know, at the peak moments, I was squirming and cringing like you're supposed yeah. to. Yeah. And, uh, like, we, you know, we saw a movie called Eurovision Song Contest, which was just... The story of Fire Saga? Borat just shows you what satire can do when it's pointed, when it's, you know... When it's real. When it's real, when it's edgier. I think Sasha Baron Cohen's gotten even angrier, nastier, raunchier, <laughs> and I love him for it. Um, and I liked Maria Bakalova. I thought she was better than the supporting actors in the original Borat movie. Mm. Um, and all the way up through the Giuliani sequence, which she was brilliant in. <laughs> um, love it when it's in sketch mode, the dramatic sequences tie it together and are a little weaker, but but I still enjoyed the whole thing. Laughing throughout more than any movie this year. Mm. I think it's funnier than the original Borat movie, personally. For me, yeah. it, I, yeah. I, I enjoyed it more. And I'm going to give it a solid three bones. Bravo, Borat. Jake Schumage. <laughs> Three votes for Brother Fishkey. Sister Brandy. The wife. <laughs> I give it uh, three wife bones. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, I loved it. it was, like, it's really hard to make satire about what is going on today. Because we're, we're beyond satire. We're so far beyond satire right now that it's masterfully done, where it's just, you know, they make funny out of something that's just either cringy or just heartbreakingly like soul crushing right now. So right. I I give it three strong bones. I really enjoyed it. I like the the strong female character, of course, you know. Um <laughs> I and I love the bit the babysitter. I can't even yes. give her enough accolades. I loved her so much when they were in the car. Um, oh, that was great. It's just so heartfelt. There's a lot of good heart in this and a lot of good comedy. Even the good old boys, I just, I hope that they see the light someday. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think they will, but. Unlikely. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I give it three. I liked it a lot. Three calcium dense bones. Yes. <laughs> the husband, Brother Justin. I give this three bones as well. Boom. I mean, the bullseye is so small. Comedy sequel, 14 years later. Yes. Hampered by a pandemic. It shouldn't work. You take those lemons, you make them lemonade. Almost my sole metric with comedies is was I laughing? Mm -hmm. Production values, distant second. Editing's a distant second. Cinematography's <laughs> not even on my radar when I'm laughing. Right. So this really hit it for me. And I was watching it alone and still laughing my ass wow. off. Wow. Lucas style. There was just so many, there were so many great little aside jokes that just killed me where he's trying to negotiate that last $72 with the <laughs> woman at the plastic surgery place. And he's like, can we have perverts come in and watch and pay? And you keep their money yeah. that they pay? But yeah, I, I was really impressed. I was trying to think of 
comparable comedy sequels because they're usually very bad. I think 22 Jump Street was pretty hilarious recently. I mean, I don't know how it's going to fit in the pantheon of all-time comedies in sure. years. But it did the uh, trick at the time. It did the trick. I thought it was pretty funny. I think the champion in my book is Naked Gun Two and a Half. Mm, the Smell of Fear? The Smell of Fear, exactly. But other than that, man, comedy sequels, precipitous dive in quality most of the time. Because yeah. usually they're very forced, but definitely three bones. I mean, especially in 2020. I mean, yeah. there's n- nothing's comparable. If we're grading on a curve, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Husband and wife, three bones. <laughs> All right. Dark Lord Lucas, what do you got uh, for us? Yeah. I, uh, I hate to break the three bone train, <laughs> but I must <laughs> remove one of my bones. Uh, All right. All right. Yeah. No, uh, this, this is definitely like the perfect, you know, film to see with an audience or at least with your wife. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was watching it alone uh, during the day and, and that definitely probably didn't help my uh, my laughter. Um, and I feel like I laughed more in the in the first Borat. Mm. Uh, but with this, yeah, it seemed pretty standard. Like I wasn't blown away or like that impressed with some of the gags or set pieces like it, they, they were funny, like for sure, all of them. But I, I didn't really start laughing too much until, yeah, the Wuhan song. And then, uh, like, at the end with Giuliani, like like Brother Justin said, it kind of got spoiled for me just because I, I re- I've been reading the headlines a lot. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. in anticipation of the election. So it's like, I can't help but get headlines about stuff, uh, which bums me out. because yeah, Imagine def- seeing this on a Tuesday night discount with no heads up. As yeah. far as the Giuliani content, mm-hmm. I know, or like, or like coming from the yard house, or like MacGuffins with a couple pints in you, like <laughs> oh you know, my warm, God. fuzzy feeling. You're just yeah. looking to like blow off steam. Um, so I give it two bones. I mean, it's a solid two. It definitely. I wish he had made a couple more of these in between the first, the first one and this one. And I was talking to a good friend of mine and he was like pointing out uh, how in the first film, you know, Borat's kind of like shining this light on how parts of America are definitely like very racist or anti-Semitic or homophobic. And now with the sequel, he's like shining the light on how all those things are still there, but they've now kind of bubbled up to like higher levels of, you know, uh, political office and, and like, you know, Rudy Giuliani talking about how, yeah, the virus was made. And, you know, it's just like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, (laughs) Oh my God. Um, so it is pretty frightening that, that, uh, you know, even though it is kind of scripted and structured, like a lot of it is just like him capturing this, uh, (sighs) lack of humanity in some people um but then in others like yeah like the babysitter like she was great and the and the jewish ladies at the temple were great you know like yeah. there's some people out there that are just they like, were the oh, love and light that yes, the movie needed. Like, th- yeah. there's our hope there's our hope right there there is a glimmer of hope and uh i gotta say this is my favorite comedy by far of 2020 there's nothing that could compare to it as far as I'm concerned, it was a compelling narrative where it didn't even really need to be like you. You give us a string of these set pieces, you know, I'd probably be pretty OK with that, you know. But because they took the extra time to actually make a compelling story with him and his daughter, make it relevant to right now. And especially with what the fuck's going on with the Supreme Court right now, like it all is 
perfect snapshot of right now. And to see that is really invigorating and to have it be presented in this way on, you know, unfortunately it didn't have a theatrical run, but everybody's going to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to see this movie and they're going to see fragments of themselves reflected back at themselves. And hopefully it'll give some people some food for thought when they're looking at a bunch of people chanting about chopping up journalists. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe think about think about what that means. Maybe maybe you'll get a little bit of a pang of like, oh, shit might not be OK out there after all. <laughs> and we might need to actually do something about it. You know, everybody's made up their minds about the election already. And this very podcast will air after Election Day. So <sighs> good luck. <laughs> <laughs> we we are blissfully ignorant right now of the horrors that are that are about to happen. It's Schrodinger's cat theory, you know. But in this moment, I couldn't have had a better time. I would probably give it three and a fourth bones if I could. But in the spirit of love and light, I'm bumping it up to three and a half. That's three Ooh. and a half. Solid bones. Light. Solid. Love not, light. not flaccid Giuliani bones, but solid not, bones. Nope. Solid bones. <laughs> Don't need any fluffing. Don't need any tucking. So that's that's three and a half from me to offset Lucas a little bit. And uh, but overall, like, yes, it, it, the Lodge cast was very receptive to this particular brand of filmmaking. Well, you know what else benefited this greatly? And I wish this could happen more. I know it, logistically it's very difficult. But this didn't have time to have the hype train take it too right. far where there was going to be uh, the standard like rejection because people were tired of hearing about it. Sure. I mean, we sure. just found out about this movie existing recently. And that's the perfect way to do it. That's the model that, you know, musicians have been doing. You know, they just drop a fucking album on, on the world. Nobody knew it was coming. That's going to be what movies are like now a lot of times because yeah, we're not. One of, one, of, one of the benefits of streaming, all of a sudden a Netflix movie will just drop and you just be like, what? You know, like, That's yeah. right. There's an opportunity for surprise again, which yeah. we got to look for any silver lining we can nowadays. <laughs> well, it, the silver lining for me is I was thinking about how we're watching things and what these studios are. And it's so bizarre that the movie studio for this movie used to be an online bookstore. Yeah. And now they're just this juggernaut that's taking over the world. Like, I just got groceries delivered from Amazon, and now I'm watching a movie of theirs. Yeah. So there's a weird alternate universe where, like, we're watching Sears original movies, and they're all <laughs> crappy, like, they family all, dramas that are, like, all lifetime star, They all movies. star Sean Astin and Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> and someone's always got to be using craftsman tools. <laughs> So, like, the, yeah. the world that could be is not that skewed from what we got. I mean, this is bizarre how yeah. creator-friendly these tech companies are that have taken over. I mean, really, I, we're taking it for granted. Well, Amazon, sponsor us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we will sing your praises. Sears, Sears, if you want to sponsor us too, TJ Maxx, we, uh, <laughs> we'll get your name out there. I want to direct the first original film from Ross Production Studios. <laughs> <laughs> Ross Films for Less. <laughs> yeah, those are all torture porn movies. <laughs> 
All right, guys. Well, Borat 2 sounds like we like it. God, I, I hope that election thing went uh, went okay. We don't know yeah. what happened yet. It's going to be like mid-December. <laughs> I hope this is the darkest moment. <laughs> yeah, right? The dark before the dawn. Yeah. Love oh, and light, God. everybody. Love and light. Love and light. Wow, wow, wow.